We sent a team to South Korea. Uh, we sent a team um, to, you, well, not Uganda then, uh, well, oh, Mexico. And then I started thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if we had somebody in Africa? And we didn't have anybody in Africa. But there was a brother in the church who came to me after that service, and he said, hey, I got a friend who is ministering in Africa, and he is doctrinally a carbon copy of what you guys are in terms of beliefs and doctrine and philosophy of ministry. And so uh, I got a call from uh, this guy. His name is Shannon Hurley. And uh, Shannon started Sufficiency of Scripture Ministry, and uh, we made contact with him, and I remember Brent and I being on a conference call with him for the first time, and when we got done the call, Brent looked at me and he said, uh, is he a member of this church? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because uh, everything that we talked about, we were in lockstep on, and we realized what a, this, this could be a really great place for us to, um, to send a team, and so sure enough, Frank Shannon led a team down uh, to Uganda, and, uh, and away we went. And if, uh, a few years, well, maybe a year or so later, uh, Damon and Jen Kopp uh, got fired up about going down. Damon and I went down there and had a harrowing experience in a variety of ways. Uh, the volcano blew up as we were coming back, and we got stuck in Amsterdam or somewhere and all kinds of things. But um, uh, we realized that, uh, that this would really be a great place to send one of our couples um, uh, semi-permanently, and we, meaning we didn't know how long they would actually stay. They stayed for about seven years. They're back now. They're sitting right over here. And now, uh, as, as we have been working with men here and working with the church as a whole, um, we really want to uh, emphasize this, that the Lord could call you to the mission field and you could go and be really, really happy um, in fact, uh, one of my mentors in years past said, uh, this was Jack Wurtson up in New York, uh, New York State, he said, um, he would say, gentlemen, the safest and happiest place in all the world is in the will of God, wherever that is. If you are, if you are walking in the will of God for you, you will be the safest and happiest person that you can be. And it doesn't matter where God sends you. And that was certainly the case uh, with the Cups. And, uh, and now uh, Dexter and Jesse have already been down there once. And, uh, and, and they are convinced that God is calling them uh, to go down and basically do what Damon did uh, down there. And uh, so we're excited about that. We want you to know about it. Uh, we wanted to give you a little bit of background. And so now I have... And uh, I want to turn the rest of this time over to Dexter. Dexter, would you come? Thank you, Pastor Dan. Um, my, my plan this morning is to, to tell you a little bit about what SOS does and what uh, we're planning to do there. And um, uh, I was tempted to call Damon last night, ask if he just wanted to go ahead and give, <laughs> give this presentation. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they lived there for seven years, um, so just bear that in mind that uh, if you have, um, they're a great resource to talk with as well. Um, you should get to know them, the cups. Um, so SOS, Sufficiency of Scripture Ministries. Uh, really, they have two main goals, and I'll talk about that in, in just a little bit. But um, as Pastor Dan mentioned, if you're, if you're new here, 
Um, potentially, you may not know who we are, so I just wanted to give you a brief update. We've been here for uh, seven years at Calvary. We came from South Dakota. Um, Dexter, my wife, Jesse, we've got three girls, Adeline, Eliza, and Maisie, oldest to youngest. And um, Jesse, actually, in God's providence, Jesse lived in Uganda for about four months during college, just a study abroad semester. Uh, and in God's providence, he brought us to a church that has been supporting SOS for years. Um, and we've sent multiple trips there. I-, I wanted to find out how many people have been to SOS. Would you mind raising your hands? Not many. So, I was well, a few. I, I would say maybe eight, eight of you. Um, I was talking to Keith Christensen at Christ Fellowship a few weeks ago and realized that a number of of the families who had spent much time at SOS over the years actually went to the Christ Fellowship church plant. So um, uh, there there are a lot more actually there. It it may be even equal numbers, uh, the amount of people who've been to SOS at Christ Fellowship versus here. Um, Anyways, as Pastor Dan mentioned, Jesse and I had the opportunity in March to go uh, to SOS. I'll show you some of those pictures. Um, So, what is sufficiency of Scripture ministries? This is the vision statement, which is really helpful just to keep in mind as Shannon kind of um, orchestrates the bigger picture vision of what SOS does in terms of the day-to-day. This is the vision statement that overrides it all, to see Christ reigning through His Word in the hearts of all people. And they... um, The mission statement then applies that in two different areas. One to strengthen God's church in Uganda uh, as a whole, and two, to disciple the community in and around Kubamitwe. Okay, those are the kind of the two large categories that I'll be talking about over the next few slides. So, just some more background information about, about who is there at SOS right now. Um, there, are, there will be six missionary families there when we get there. Right now, only four of these families are represented. The Huffstetler family uh, will be coming in December. They, they're actually longtime missionaries to Kenya, and for, uh, for one reason or another, they, they're moving to Uganda to join SOS. So these four families are, here, are there right now, uh, and, then, and then we'll join um, later next year, Lord willing. But as uh, Pastor Dan mentioned, the Hurley family, they're from California, and they were the ones who really initiated the SOS. Uh, Back in 2009 was when they moved to the location where they are now. So they've been in in Kubamitwe for about 12 years now. Uh, The Basabas family, um, Anthony is a, a native Ugandan man. And Anthony, or sorry, his wife Mary is here from the United States, and they have a long history with SOS as well, a wonderful family. The Stepanian family, this is John Paul, uh, really, they moved out um, to, to bridge the gap when the Cup family left, so he took over a lot of the initial duties that Damon was doing when, uh, when they came back from the field. The Gordon family, this has been a huge uh, blessing to SOS, um, uh, the Gordons came from Indiana, is that right? Yeah, from Indiana. And, um, and actually, they, <laughs> they, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a doctor, a medical doctor, which is why it's a huge blessing for SOS. And I'm sure Damon and Jen can tell you lots of stories where they wish they had a medical doctor <laughs> uh, living uh, on campus with them. And even while we were there in March, some, uh, actually Shannon split open his head while we were there playing soccer, 
and he, uh, he put a couple staples in his skull while we were there. <laughs> so those are the families represented. Um, just, just to get your bearings here, Uganda is, is in East Africa. You can find it very quickly by looking for this large lake, Lake Victoria, and it's just north, it's on the northern border of uh, that Lake Victoria. And zooming in a little bit, if you know uh, some of your capital geography, Kampala is the largest city in Uganda, and it's relatively easy to fly there, actually. Uh, basically, uh, two, two long nine-hour flights or so, and you can get to Kampala. Uh, and then the ministry is located about two to three hours north of Kampala, driving through some, some roads to get there. Uh, this is what the country looks like. And zooming in even more, I thought you guys would appreciate this, um, I want to show you some aerial images of what the SOS campus has, how it's changed over the past few years. So back in 2011, this white border is the boundary uh, of the land that they were able to purchase. This house here is the first house that they built, uh, and this is the Hurley's house back in 2011. Well, I think maybe 2009 is when they built the house. Um, but uh, in, in a couple years later, uh, this second house was added, which this was the, the house that the Cups lived in. And from what I understand, the Cups uh, actually lived in Shannon's house for the first while and, uh, when they moved there. And they were so excited when their house was finally built <laughs> to have a house of their own. So this is what the ministry looked like in 2013. I'll show you, I'll, in a little bit, I'll show you what some of these other buildings are here. But the ministry, God has blessed the ministry tremendously. I want you to see what it looks like today. So this is the, the, the campus today. Just um, There are over 100 uh, permanent people living inside the campus right now. There's, about, there's four missionary families, but there are um, dozens and dozens of other local Ugandans who live in the campus uh, for one reason or another. Either they're professors or they're part of a, a maintenance team or something like that. So you can just see how uh, God has continued to bless the ministry. And let me see what my next slide is here. Okay, I'll come back to that, and I'll kind of walk you through the different areas of the ministry. Just some more information about Uganda, the country itself. Um, it is considered one of the poorest nations globally, uh, where most of the people live on less than you know, five and a half dollars per day. Um, for those of you who were alive in the, in the 70s, you probably remember the name Idi Amin. Um, obviously, that was before my time, but the effects of, of his um, reign are still seen today. And, and in fact, the AIDS epidemic has, has ravaged the country as well. Uh, the median age in Uganda is 16. And just for comparison, I looked it up last night, the, the median age in America is 38. So, I mean, just amazing the difference, and you see it. You see uh, children all over the place in Uganda with, um, with, with uh, few parents. And uh, it's also contributed this, to the cycle of poverty, single-parent homes, alcoholism. When Shannon was here back in November, he, he talked a little bit about that, just the... Um, just the breakdown of the marriage where uh, men, and, men and women have children out of wedlock and then the, and then the man may move on to another, another partner and then the children are kind of left on their own or to be raised by their grandparents. In addition to uh, false religions and, and the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel in particular has taken hold in Uganda. Um, 
unfortunately, which is one of the main exports from America, is this health, wealth, and prosperity teaching uh, because they, they desire health and wealth so much. Uh, in fact, while we were there, I, I was talking with a Ugandan man, uh, and I told him my name was Dexter. He said, oh, he said, I named my son Dexter. I said, really? Why'd you name your son Dexter? He said, well, uh, T.D. Jakes has a son named Dexter, and I wanted to name my son Dexter as well. So it's just amazing how far-reaching, even from America, the health, wealth, and prosperity teachers have gone into Uganda. So um, what are some of the more focused ministries that SOS has? Really, there's, there's kind of five ministries, and I told you these two categories. Do you remember them? Okay, there's um, one category of strengthening the church in Uganda, large scale, and then also discipling the community of Kubamitwe, small scale. So on a small scale, um, the, uh, there is the Community Bible Church of Kubamitwe, which is a thriving little church plant, not so little, a, a large church plant in the village that originally began in Shannon's house. And um, I, talk, I was talking with some people from Christ Fellowship, and uh, there are you know, people at Calvary, people at Christ Fellowship who visited SOS when the church was still in Shannon's household. But, um, Ian, I see you shaking your head over there. You've been to Uganda, right, Ian? Yeah. Not that early. Not that early. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's fun just to, I mean, people at Calvary have a, a long history of supporting SOS. Um, so that's discipling the people uh, in and around Kubamitwe, the local village, and that includes obviously a Sunday worship service every Sunday, as well as uh, local village Bible studies throughout the week from the neighboring uh, villages around Kubamitwe. And let me skip the Shepherd's Training Center for just a second, but Legacy Christian Academy is the other way that SOS seeks to minister to the villages, discipling the villages surrounding and um, really, if I understand right, that's one of the main reasons the Cups went over there. Damon has, an, has, a, has a degree in education, and Legacy Christian Academy was, um, uh, the Cups helped launch that, okay? So um, what they did is when the Cups went over there, they started Legacy, they helped start Legacy, and every year they would add a grade to the school. So right now it goes up through about sixth grade. Uh, they have the primary school system, and then there's a secondary school and they are in the process right now of building a secondary school. Uh, but the Legacy Christian Academy <clears throat> is unlike most schools in Uganda because it's a Christian education and it's not a boarding school. Most schools in Uganda, the, ch- the parents send their children to live at the school and they come back at holiday. Uh, Legacy Christian Academy is more like what you'd think of a, a, like a private school here in America where... It's, uh, you know, 9 to 3 or something like that. And then the kids come home after school. So that's an effort to, um, to train, train, give the children an education from a Christian's perspective, help them to read so they can understand God's word um, and have, have practical education skills to, to live um, in their community. So, uh, and also the third thing, again, I'll skip this church strengthening for just a second, is community outreach. And that is, again, ministering to the local uh, villages surrounding uh, Kubamitwe to serve and help in practical ways, uh, mercy ministry, however, however uh, they can. Um, let me show you a picture of where these buildings are located within the campus. 
So um, Legacy Christian Academy is down here. This is the primary school. Um, uh, cafeteria, buildings, administration building. Uh, second, the secondary school is being built right now a little bit further south from uh, the primary school. The church buildings are located here. Uh, they have since outgrown the ch- these church buildings. When we were there in March, because of COVID, they had split into two congregations. And, I mean, just like every church in the world, they're struggling with how to meet as a congregation uh, through COVID. Thankfully, uh, Calvary, we are not having that issue right now. The Shepherd's Training Center, which I'll talk, I know I keep delaying this, I'll talk about in a little bit, but the Shepherd's Training Center is right here, this grouping of buildings. The missionary houses that were built um, extend along this road, and uh, Damon and Jen, I'm not sure what your, <laughs> what, where you saw the vision going, but it's just amazing to see um, how, how much the campus has grown, uh, even since when the cups were there. Um, this, this house over here is probably the one we'll be living in, <laughs> so um, we think. So let me just tell you a little bit more about uh, these five different ministries that SOS does. Uh, the local church is the heart and soul of SOS ministries, and um, it is the model for the Shepherd's Training Center. So let me just go ahead and tell you about the Shepherd's Training Center right now. This is one of the things that excites me most about going to, to join SOS. The Shepherd's Training Center is a place where pastors from all around Uganda can come, and actually neighboring countries, can come and they're trained, they're taught um, the doctrine of the Bible, they're taught the gospel, they're taught the doctrine of sin, God, Christ, his finished work, salvation, basically uh, basic classes you would get at even a, at a seminary here in America. So they're taught here for about two months at a time, and then they're sent back out to their churches where they're from to better preach and teach the gospel to their flock that they're responsible for. So uh, the, the Bible church, the Kubamitwe Bible Church, was, um, is really the model that they're wanting these men to see how to model their churches after uh, out in their villages where they're from. Um, and it is a very, it's a very like-minded church uh, to, to, to Calvary. Um, you can see this here. There's about 400 regular attenders to the, to the Bible church each week. And when we were there, like I said, the, the congregation was split into two. I just talked to Shannon, and they're, they're meeting again. They had to take a break for a while because of COVID. Uh, but just maybe three weeks ago, he said, was the first time they were meeting again. I didn't ask if they were split into two. The goal is to come back into one congregation, but there may be some logistical problems with that. You can see the picture in the background here. They had a baptism service a number of months ago where they kind of did this outdoor baptism service, they were able to gather as a body. So it's a, it's a joyful congregation uh, to be with. Uh, this is while we were there. You can see little Maisie's right there. <laughs> um, this, is, these are, this was a local Bible study. This happens, um, I, think, I think maybe there's 10 or 12 local Bible studies throughout the week in the different villages. And these are so critical because a lot of these uh, men and women who are part of the church uh, can't actually read, and they need, uh, they need someone to read, to sh- to even to know what the Bible says, is to read to them, and just, just a discipleship relationship. So these are critical throughout the week in the different villages. Uh, the men and women will travel to a number of villages and just, and, and study the Bible together. Um, 
the Shepherds Training Center, I'm not sure if I want to add anything here, other than it's a three-phased, the vision is a, is a three-phased vision where the first, the first year of the training center, the men come and they're trained on these um, really elementary doctrines of the Christian faith. Uh, but they come alone. The men come and their families stay at home. They live for two months at a time and then the family, and then the, while the families stay at home. Phase two, which is um, invitation only. So after the first year, the second year, men are a select number are invited back. And in the second year, the families would actually move to SOS with the, the pastor. And the wives as well would be discipled and trained um, as of yet, phase two has not happened, and I'll tell you why in just a little bit, uh, but um, that's the vision for, uh, for the Shepherd's Training Center. And um, let me just show you some pictures here of, of what the Shepherd's Training Center looks like. So this is, these are the four buildings that, that comprise the Shepherd's Training Center. These buildings are just, um, these two on the left and right are basically just classrooms, large rooms where teaching can happen. Um, this is like the outdoor cafeteria where the men eat lunch, and then this is a library and computer room as well as administrative offices for the professors. Damon, did you have a hand in building this, or was this built after? This, you had a hand in this? Okay, yeah, great. It's just another picture. I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, this was, while we were there, this is what it looks like kind of on the inside. Just amazing to meet some of these men. There were about 50 men there um, I was able to talk with, coming from even different countries, just to come to SOS to be taught um, the basics of Christianity, um, taught to uh, preach better, to love Christ better, to love their wives better, to uh, shepherd their flock better, all from the Word of God. So it's exciting. Uh, Legacy Christian Academy, I'll just, I'll just give you a little bit more information here, but um, in, the, in the village where SOS is located, Kubamitue, only 6% have finished the equivalent of a junior high education. And um, I'll tell you one anecdotal story that Damon told me. This is, this is a high caliber education that these children are getting. He said, um, Damon told me one time, uh, like a dignitary from, from uh, Kampala came to visit the campus the Legacy Academy, and asked if he could send his son there uh, because of how, how, what a high-caliber education it is. And the answer that Damon gave him was no. And the reason is this school is only for the children located around the village. Okay? It's, they don't want it to be a boarding school where, where children come from all over the country. They want to serve this local community of Kubamitwe. Um, so kind of here's the vision statement. We want every child in our community to read, write, and think with confidence, but our greatest heartfelt desire for them is to know, love, and follow Jesus Christ. Uh, this was one picture I snagged while we were there. Um, uh, it's just one, uh, we got some helpful tips on how to uh, homeschool our children by <laughs> looking at some of the material they had um, here, and in in this is a kindergarten classroom you're looking at. Um, and I don't know, Ian, were you part of this trip? Uh, so this is a swing set that, that Calvary helped to construct. Ian's nodding his head, yeah. So um, this was, I think, the most recent trip that we took to SOS, or has there been another one since then? Okay, okay. This was the most recent one? Okay, yeah. So um, 
Churches from all over the country frequently will send work teams, uh, short-term mission trips to SOS, and, um, and have, you can have uh, projects like this, building a, building a playground, although it looks like some of the swings have, have fallen down over time. <laughs> some, some gaps. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things, so remember the two goals of SOS is to strengthen the Ugandan church and also to disciple the community. So one of the goals that SOS does for strengthening the church in Uganda is by conducting a number of um, activities such as a national conference for the Baptist Union of Uganda. So Shannon, over the years that he's been there, has developed a relationship with the Baptist Union of Uganda, one of the denominations there. And um, it seems like that this is the best denomination to kind of um, come alongside and encourage and, and strengthen so it takes, it takes a form of all kinds of things, like a national conference, leadership training. While we were there in March, a number of the heads from the Baptist Union were actually at SOS. Um, uh, the, the, uh, the denomination uses some of the buildings at SOS just to have meetings, things like that, um, as well as strategic planning for how, to plan, how the denomination can plan out for some of the events that they uh, have. Uh, and finally, I mentioned this, the community outreach. One thing I didn't mention is SOS has partnered with, with Johnny and Friends um, for providing specifically wheelchairs and, and other physical needs in the community surrounding uh, Kumamitwe. Uh, Anthony uh, Basaba, uh, he, has, uh, he has his own farm out there. He has a cow and uh, he has bee, uh, beehives as well. So one of the things that I think he does is is um, just education on farming, sustainable farming, things like that. So what, what will we be doing there? I want to leave some time for questions at the end. Um, so the role that, that, that they have asked me to serve, the title is called Estate Officer. Okay? So it has, it has, the goal is the development and maintenance of everything related to the property. And this is when Damon left was one of the main things he was doing at the end. Um, so it includes construction management of future buildings, and there's really three main things that are, are limiting the ministry right now. One is a secondary school. So children uh, who have come up through legacy are now at the point where they need a secondary school education, but the secondary school hasn't been built yet. It's in the process of being built but they need to continue building the secondary school to continue giving an education to these older children. Uh, they're in need of a new church building. Right now, there's not a building that can house the entire church, so they, they, just, they need a larger church building. And as I mentioned, they need more housing for the Shepherd's Training Center families. Right now, they can't, they can't have the families come and live on campus because they simply don't have enough housing to store the families. Uh, and have them live on campus. So these are, these are the three main, um, I guess, new development that SOS is pursuing over the next few years, as well as maintenance of existing buildings. Really, this is kind of turning into a, sm a small city. SOS is larger than some small cities in America, and there's all the things that are associated with it, like um, adequate water supply, wastewater um, disposal, um, solid waste disposal, everything that comes with, with running and managing a city. Um, but uh, more importantly is, is also we'll be going for discipleship in the local church. So being a faithful church member while we're there, discipling um, men and women while we're there. 
Jesse's primary role will be homeschooling the children and personal discipleship with other women and leading a women's Bible study in the, in the surrounding village as well. So I just wanted to mention a couple things about what, what makes us so excited to go. Why are we going? Um, really, over the last couple of years, I've been part of E4M here, which, if you, so if you're a man and, um, uh, and you are a member of Calvary Bible Church, you should seriously consider um, equipping for ministries next year. Next September, the plan is to have a year one class again. Um, and really what has given me this, this passion to go to SOS is because, what I've, is because of what I've seen here at E4M, which um, in 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul is instructing Timothy to um, what, what Timothy has seen Paul teach, um, Timothy was to then go and teach to other faithful men who are able to teach others also. And this is in, in the context of the local church. And that's what, that's what E4M is doing. That's what SOS is doing through the ministry of the Shepherd's Training Center to teach faithful men who then can go and teach other men also. And uh, even though I may not necessarily be directly teaching some of these pastors who come, um, God has given me skills and abilities which would be helpful to go and, and carry the, the ministry forward just by um, enabling them to construct more buildings to move them on. Uh, the other thing that makes us really excited is the Great Commission where Jesus said to go make disciples of all nations, uh, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Okay, so the, the end goal is not teaching for head knowledge, but teaching for a changed life, okay? Teaching to observe, to glorify God in our day-to-day life. And um, really, that's where the rubber meets the road. I can, I can, um, I can be taught how to be a godly husband, until, but until I'm actually loving my wife um, in action, I haven't... I, the, the command hasn't borne fruit yet. And um, so this makes us really excited to go and disciple uh, men and women on how to love their husbands and wives, how to love their children, to observe, not just to know um, what Christ has commanded them, how God has commanded us to live, but to actually uh, to carry it out. So it makes us really excited. So this is our fallible dependent plan of, of when we'll go to Uganda and I realized after I put this together that this, uh, I was surprised, this looks a lot like an um, a eschatology diagram. <laughs> so there's the, there's the second coming of Christ there, and the, uh, the tribulation is here. And <laughs> um, but I thought it was a helpful diagram, just so you know what, what we're planning on. Um, our goal is to move between June, in June of next year. Okay, and so if that's our goal, really the goal, why June? Well, June, um, I, want to, I want to finish out the second year of E4M so I can be equipped, better equipped to go and, and be in Uganda. So that'll be done, in, Lord willing, in May of next year. And so we want to move in June. Well, just backing up uh, backwards, it takes, who knows, two to three to four months to get a shipping container over to Uganda with our things. Okay, so... The goal is to send the shipping container and have it line up perfectly with when we get there, right? <laughs> so we get there, everything's ready for us, the other missionaries have moved all our things in, and we, <laughs> and we just show up. It, it'll be great. 
<laughs> uh, no, that, that won't happen at all, and we know that. <laughs> um, but our goal is sometime in, in February to send the shipping container of, of, of our earthly possessions over to Uganda. Okay, and the key deadline is, is we cannot do that until we're fully funded from a financial standpoint of having a monthly support goal raised and also a one-time launch fund raised. So basically there's, there's four months between now and then and then there'll be four months, Lord willing, between then and when we move. So let me just end here. I think this is my last slide. I wanted to give you an opportunity to ask questions if you had any questions. Um, so how you can help, as I mentioned, we have a, we have a very large financial need um, that, that, that must be met by February. Uh, if it's not by, it, it just whenever, whenever the financial need is met, basically it'll be four months from then when we're able to move, probably. So um, I put a website here. I, I forgot to mention, there are cards at the back just so you can have more information. If you could be praying for us regularly, we would much appreciate it. Um, the website is called mazeinuganda.wordpress.com. Jacob Villa pointed out that it could also be May Sin Uganda. <laughs> um, so it's not, it's not May Sin Uganda. It's Maze in Uganda. <laughs> uh, um. So just specifically how you can be praying for us, uh, one, that we would trust God and his timing for getting us to Uganda. Um, and we have, I have already been battling um, trusting him. He has, he has opened every door for us to get to this point, and I have no doubt that he will get us to Uganda. Um, but I need to be reminded of that every, every day. Every day I need to be reminded of that. Uh, we do want to use this time well over the next eight months, so if you could pray that we would prepare well for the move, not just physically, but spiritually. Um, and also that he would comfort and encourage extended family left behind. Uh, it's a very real thing. Um, we've talked with Damon and Jen about uh, the people left behind need, um, to be prayer, need prayer as well. Uh, and finally, uh, keep your calendars open in February. Um, to help us load our shipping container uh, whenever that happens. So that's all I had. I did want to give you an opportunity to ask questions. We've got uh, maybe six minutes or so. Do you have any questions at all? Yeah, Robert. Yeah, so the school is taught in English. The official language of Uganda is English, actually. Yep. Um, so there are enough, many of the local Ugandans speak Luganda, that's the other language, um, and there does seem to be a little bit of a generational gap. The younger generations are taught English, some of the older generations may not know any English. There's enough translators, men and women who know both languages, that the language shouldn't be too big of a barrier. Okay, Go ahead. okay. okay great. Go ahead, John. You are going to be doing a lot of things with power and moving water and pulling boats and all this kind of stuff. I'm just curious to ask uh, the local infrastructure, how do you interact with yeah. the people? Yeah. 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 So, just some quick background. Um, so first of all, I, so I'm, I'm an environmental engineer. I design water and wastewater infrastructure for cities. So 
um, just God has given me experience in the, in the water and wastewater design over the last seven years. Power, it would be something new for me. The, the uh, ministry actually has overhead power lines that come to the campus now. So they have overhead power lines during the day. They have solar power during the day, free energy. Um, at nighttime, they have a generator if the overhead power goes out. Um, drinking water is provided from a series of groundwater wells which pump up to a tank um, and then gravity flow down to um, faucets. Uh, wastewater is, um, is uh, like septic systems, leach fields. Um, uh, so the only thing that comes from outside is power. Uh, the water and wastewater is basically all self-contained inside the campus. Does that answer your question? There are, yeah, there are, yeah. They're not as complex as, as the United States. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. The, there's no, Damon said there's no inspectors who will come out. <laughs> but, what's that? Okay, single, single story only, yeah. But there are, you can go to Uga uh, Uganda's ministry, um, uh, I forgot what the official title is. You can download electrical um, codes, water codes, wastewater codes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, phase three. Damon, do you, yeah, could you, could you speak to that? pastoral training, you're doing a great job, by the way, uh, is there's three phases. First phase is more intense discipleship. Uh, you, you're bringing guys in. It's, it's sort of uh, to see if the guys are ready for phase two and phase three. So there is a weeding out process. You were saying the second phase is invitation only. Uh, first phase, people pretty much can come in, and it's a time for them to see if this is something they're interested in, and also a time for the ministry to evaluate them. Are they serious? Uh, phase two, you bring, you move with your family. So phase two, phase two and three is more like what you would think of as a seminary education. Here, it's just broken up into two two different units. Um, so phase. The third phase, you're getting more uh, instruction in actual books of the Bible. Phase two, you're doing like systematic theology, um, things like that. Phase one is very basic. It's almost like basic discipleship. You're getting a class in English. You're getting a class in uh, overviews of the Bible, the doctrine of God, the doctrine of man, those types of things. Does that answer the question? Jeannie, do you have a question? Yeah, so, no, it's not a free school. There are school fees that the, that the families have to pay, and it's, um, it's a deal, right? It's a, it's a deal for, for, the, for the families. Um, the reason it's called Legacy Christian Academy is because in California, there's actually a school called Legacy Christian Academy, and uh, there's a partnership between the school out in California and the school in Uganda, so a lot of, from what I understand, and Damon could speak to this more, but from what I understand, the curriculum was, was developed in partnership with the California school. Is that right? Yes. Sort of. Okay. I'll just go. Yeah, there, there's the school is, is paid for. Um, it's a small fee. The intention behind the primary school is is not education only, it's to reach the community, and that's why it's not boarding. We, we want 
I say we, they want the kids to go to school there and then go back home and take what they're learning in school back to their families. Um, and we just felt like that uh, kids need to be with their parents, not uh, sent away for two months. But, yeah, so the parents have to pay. We want them to have a commitment. I keep saying we, uh, but we're still there. Um, so the parents have to pay us a little bit, but it's affordable for the average village person. Um, but it's heavily dependent on outside sources. So there's, you can sponsor children, which I would encourage you to go to SOS website. You can uh, sponsor a child, and it's a monthly th fee. The nice thing about SOS is 100% of your funds go directly to the school. There is no administration taken out. Like I know if you sponsor kids through other organizations, there's administrative fees. 100% of your money goes to the kids there. Uh, there is Legacy uh, Christian Academy in California. They're huge. They raise a lot of money for the school. Um, Curriculum-wise, we actually use uh, a local curriculum, but it's, it's based on uh, it's another school that is founded in America, mm -hmm. and they've developed, the challenge is this, when we first started, we brought in uh, curriculum from America, um, which is great, but it doesn't fit the Ugandan context, and so we found out about this other school that developed curriculum with American academic standards, but for Uganda, or for Africa in general, they have schools all over Africa. Um, and we asked them if we could use their curriculum, and we basically got a partnership with them. And I'm assuming it's still the same way. Uh, but basically, they give us their curriculum to use. We just have to make copies of it. Um, but it's a great curriculum. It is, um, it's sort of based on the classical model, but it's pretty intense. It's, a, it's probably the best education you can get in Uganda that I'm aware of. Any other questions? Yeah, Robert. Can you describe the community that is around there? You can kind of minister to the community. All the kids come to the community. How far afield is it? I mean, how many families or congregations? Yeah. 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 And, and um, <laughs> I feel like, Damon, you should just be up here. Um, um, it's... It, it was very surprising to me um, when we went in March. It's, um, it felt very spread out. It was hard for me to, I mean, being there the first time, it was hard for me to even know wh where, is the, where is the village. It's not like, <clears throat> it's not like here where there's, <clears throat> you know, there's a, a main street and there's a gas station and, and it's, people are localized around this area. There's a little bit of that, but it, it's, it, it's not as, you know, it's not like fence lines, rows of houses. It's not, it's not necessarily like that. Um, do you have a number of the, the, the amount of the number of people who are a ton he said <laughs> I mean, it's basically a small farming community. If you live in the village, it's because you're not educated. Most people try to get out of the village and go to a city. Uh, typically, you were talking about the, the English and Luganda difference. It's mainly because the parents aren't educated. They've had a third or fourth grade education, and then they drop out because their families need them to work to survive. And so what we're seeing now with Legacy is a younger generation of kids whose parents have actually bought into the idea of education. Uh, and that was a real challenge we had when we first started Legacy was getting parents to buy into it because they didn't see the value of education. 
Um, and now you're starting to see parents who actually see the benefit of it, and that's why you have a lot of kids who can actually speak English. Um, when, when we first moved there, it was a totally different situation. Um, most of the community did not speak English, um, and so translators were a little bit harder to come by. Um, uh, what question was I answering here? <laughs> the, yeah, the community. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people, it's just spread out because people, they live wherever they can. Um, and so, yeah, you'll drive through. Yeah, there's a lot of footpaths um, getting there, but that's all changing. Uh, I would say in Cuba Mitwe, there's probably four or 500 people. Uh, and then there's all these other little villages around that probably have the same number of people. Well, we should um, <clears throat> we should close down. Just one note that made me think of Shannon. Um, Shannon preaches in English on Sunday, and he preaches with a translator next to him. So uh, the sermon is preached in English and Luganda, <clears throat> and the worship songs we sang while we were there. We sang maybe three or four songs in English and uh, one or two songs in Luganda. <laughs> so um, it's it's the congregation is is a little bit diverse in that way. Well, let me, uh, let me pray for us, and we'll, uh, we'll go over to the worship service. Father, we are so thankful for um, the partnership we've had as, as a body with SOS. Uh, Father, you have uh, told us to pray earnestly for laborers to go out into the field. The fields are, harvest with white, are white with harvest. Father, so um, I pray that you would send more men and women from this body out into the field um, to harvest, to do the work of sharing the gospel with our neighbors, with our coworkers. And uh, Father, I thank you for the opportunity to partner with SOS. I thank you for uh, the Cups and the Hurleys and all the other missionary families who have um, uh, forsaken everything to go um, to serve you, to share the gospel. So Father, this morning I pray that you would... Um, inflame our hearts, Father, in worship towards you this morning in the church service. And uh, Father, would you bless us now as we go worship. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.